everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. TGIF, everybody. Welcome in. Bill, Dan, Drew, the regular crew here on this Friday as we come to you once again from the WOW Business Studio. Get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. And hour number one of The Drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and kiaofauburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, the number to get you through, 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box, and that number, 334-564-1840. An overcast Friday afternoon. How will the weekend be well, right now, it's off to a 50-50 start as far as Auburn sports with softball winning over Louisville 4-3 up at the Clemson Regional. Auburn baseball, though, trailing a game last night, postponed a doubleheader that got underway at 1 o'clock and late. The Tigers trailing Kentucky 5-1. to We'll keep you updated on that. Before we uh, jump into things, hey, I want to give a big shout-out to, to a couple of young guys who have uh, started up, they, they've got sort of a, a handyman-type uh, business, and, man, they're really good. Uh, uh, it's, it's Alex and Josh with Auburn Home Solutions, and uh, you know, I, was, I was looking for so a couple of things that I, I just wasn't comfortable doing. I've picked up decent ability to, to fix things up and do things, but uh, part of it is there's only one of me. I'm not as young as I used to be. And there are other things I'm just not quite as good at, mitering corners and things like that. But, uh, man, an outstanding job. And, 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 uh, tip of the hat, thanks to, uh, to Alex and Josh with, with Auburn Home Solutions. Um, if, if, if you need something done, I can, uh, definitely put you in touch with them. All right. Um, as, as I said, we've got baseball and softball. Going on, right? Uh, well, the softball is is done, and Auburn will take on Clemson tomorrow there in the Clemson region. We've talked about this. This is very interesting, and in that Clemson has only been a Division One school for three years, and here they are hosting a regional. They win earlier today, so that's the main thing you want to stay uh, away from from that losers bracket. You win that first ball game, you're in much better shape. Bree Ellis. With the big ball game, the SEC Freshman of the Year sets the Auburn single-season record for home runs by a freshman with two more today, her first multi-homer game. She has 20 homers on the season now. 
20 homers on the season and just one shy of Auburn's single season record. I think that uh, that that one may fall. So the future is bright for Auburn softball. And and I I you know again even though it uh, doesn't look good for Auburn baseball they're going to be in the postseason. Now the important thing is they need to win at least one game here in this Kentucky series. Looks like they're going to drop the first and I will uh I will get to the to the latest. It was 5-1 when we were walking in. Hadn't been able to uh, to access that uh since we started. But you know, this this would make Auburn 5 and 5 this season in SEC openers. And with a record of 15 and if they lose it it'll be 15 and 12, that tells you They've still fared pretty well. So, you know, it's it's tough when you drop that first one. But Kentucky also playing for, you know, they're, they're trying to position for as good a spot as they can in the SEC tournament. But Auburn's still got a lot, as, as I mentioned. Auburn's still got a lot on the line because they want to uh, stay in the top four so they get a first day bye in the SEC tournament. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, another day removed from the the back and forth, and then the boys stop that, act better, and then sort of the um, the SEC letting all coaches. Uh, I think Lane Kiffin was scheduled to be <laughs> to be on a show yesterday afternoon. The SEC has uh, has let all coaches know no. No more comments about any of this. And as a matter of fact, uh, Dan, it, it seems as though there may be sort of a gag on SEC coaches for a little while until everything can sort of settle down. Yeah, I, I don't think the commissioner is thrilled about the news cycle uh, this week uh, with, with coaches accusing each other of not so much you have coaches taking shots at each other publicly. I think if anything about this makes the, the SEC particularly uncomfortable it would be that you have coaches accusing each other of 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 breaking the rules because if you don't take a strong stand on that you you don't want that becoming commonplace in your conference right you don't want coaches feeling like they they uh can can uh uh w- without uh merit uh, just, just I, I think even with merit even no, with I, merit, think, I think sure. greg Secchi would rather them keep it Within down home, yes, yeah. I didn't want to quite say that, but I don't know. keep keep it inside. Sure, no, you, but but so I, I think that it would not it would not surprise me if, like you were saying, there's something uh, that's been you know sort of made clear to athletic departments around the conference that people shouldn't be talking about this, and we should you know be letting this pass within the news cycle. I also wonder if the lasting. I wonder if the lasting, uh, if, if the lasting takeaway from, uh, the events of this week is going, I mean, it seems like maybe the Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher aspect has overshadowed the point that Nick Saban was trying to make for the oh, first. Oh, yeah, definitely has. What, the, the first 70% of his answer to that question, right? Which was his concern about NIL emboldening outside groups to, recruit players to schools like that was sort of like that the first more than half like you said of his answer to the question that started this feud was his unease with the 
ability for uh, for for your uh, collectives to mm-hmm. uh, to to be the you know a, a driving force in recruiting a player to a specific school. Then he started talking about Texas A and M and Jackson State, and, and I think that's you know like we said it overshadowed what. I wonder if you're going to have more coaches. Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney are are the most prominent ones to well, really. They, they have both ex- more than expressed concern. They have said it's this is a mess and it's out of control. Right, and sort of pleading for regulation. Right. And I wonder if, if and Jim, enough- Jimbo did as well. You know, it's funny in all that uh, in in the return fire from Jimbo Fisher, he did not disagree with. Something needs to be done. There need to be some types of controls. Well, and, and it's unfair to an extent. It's unfair to Jimbo Fisher that when Jimbo Fisher's defense is we're following all of our state's laws, right? People sort of roll their eyes because you know that there are, uh, you know, there's a belief that you know th- these these laws have been designed to allow uh, schools to to really push the envelope as far as what's. Uh, what's allowed under NCAA rules and what should be allowed and, and these sorts of things. And, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if it's going to take really prominent figures from around the country in college football to sort of spur federal action. Like, if, it, if, you, uh, if, you, yeah. have enough, if you have enough coaches like Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney saying, our sport needs this and it's going to have to come from Congress, is that, is that how you get the the federal action that people well, keep wondering. I, know, I, I just, maybe maybe with elections coming up and you have prominent folks like that saying something needs to be done. Uh, maybe that will spur. Things. I mean, we've wondered about the path to regulation, yeah. and I wonder if it's you have a lot of college coaches come out and say our sport mm-hmm. needs something that's not that's not very different from state to state, and and that's I think that's another valid concern about NIL right now. Right, is that you have. You have situations well, you have that are rules for different states, different, right? Different rules for different states that are competing with each other, right? For, in you know, for in, talent for with, the athletic talent within yes. conferences, yeah, with mm-hmm. you know, within the postseason, you know, competing for the same national championship, and so it would probably be the best thing for the sport and the best thing for all sports in college athletics if there were a uniform set of rules across fifty states rather than very different rules that change across state lines for schools within the same conference. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's and I and I wonder if that's another uh, thing that you get. Maybe you get closer to that <coughs> with, with high-profile coaches with stories like the one we had this week. Like, I wonder if you get closer to, yeah. Like now, now there's. I mean, it's it's going to take prominent figures calling for action. And in the world of college football, I mean, Nick Saban's is Nick Saban's about as prominent as it gets, and that's. You know, at least, no, you're right. I, I mean, that, I, I wonder. <laughs> it's not even close. And I wonder if that could eventually be a bigger deal than Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher airing their dirty laundry out about each other. Like, I wonder if if, if you get. Uh, I don't know that it'll be bigger. If you but, get, on but, a, yeah. but I think the I think the overall impact is going to be bigger. Yes, it just won't be as it won't be as exciting a story. It won't be as big a headline. No, but I think it will be more meaningful. Long term, then yes. Yeah, oh. if if you have a if you have a change like that, yeah, long term it could be bigger. But no, the uh, the game this season, right? We were looking up, you know, right. when, when it's at same October day, same, the eighth, same, same day, right? Same day as Auburn, Georgia, uh, that that A and M Alabama game. I mean, on top of the fact that it's always a big deal when a team beats Alabama and they play them again a year later, and there's and there has never been. 
that revenge factor for Nick Saban against one of his former assistants. Yeah, and because Jimbo was the first to ever beat. And Nick. I mean, there was going to be some anyway, regardless. His record's pretty good in rematches oh, against oh, teams that oh, just beat well, him. His too. record's great but, in everything. But I think, but, but especially, but yes. I mean, it, people don't people rarely get two game winning streaks. Right. Against Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. Like when they, if you're, if you're facing him and you won the last one. Has, well, Ole Miss did, didn't they? Ole Miss beat them two years in a row. Right. I think that's that is, the only team, I believe, since Nick Saban. Did LSU do it? Did, did, I don't did, know if they did it I back don't know if, to back. I don't know if LSU ever did it. Yeah. You're right. But that's, I mean, um, no, you, you have not had, it, it has not happened very often. And, uh, that would, that would already seem to stack the deck against, uh, Texas A&M. But you also have now, uh, you know, the, the extra fuel. Uh, that, that mm-hmm. this has been given, and uh, and Alabama is also going to be. I mean, to say nothing of the team Jimbo Fisher brings into the 2022 season, it's also an Alabama team folks were already pretty high on going into uh, going into the year. So we'd love to hear from you, and and if you have any ideas of how perhaps name, image, and likeness could be. Uh, I, I don't want to say controlled. Well, yeah, maybe monitored better or uh what what's the best way to put it to have some regulated guide, regulated I mean, yeah that that's i mean I, I would say if i mean it's because everything it keeps coming back to like you create new problems with every with every potential solution it seems um, nick saban made the point about antitrust uh, regulation which is an interesting question because if if the ncaa were to pass any sort of laws that limit the amount of money that a student athlete can make or or if the ncaa were to, to attempt to pass those rules I think they would be subject to uh, to, to sort of uh, anti-competitive, uh, antitrust sort of. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not an expert on these things, but that's that's what Nick Saban was talking about. Was that there'd be concerns about you would expose yourself to litigation if you were to pass those rules without some sort of exemption that I believe other professional sports have uh, for, for for similar sorts of you know it, it, whether it's a monopoly or or however uh, it, it's going to be viewed. But it seems like you would need. Something there, and then, I mean, could you could you ban could you ban it before a student athlete signs? Maybe, maybe that's something else that has been talked about. Not you know, make it uh, yes a violation if there is an agreement before a, you know a player is enrolled. And I mean, as I would, I would probably, I don't know if 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 they could if they could pass something and get everyone on board with that. I think that. Maybe like if, if, if everyone were if everyone were operating under that assumption, I think it would probably be the best thing for the sport. I think what some of the coaches feel like is everybody's not going to agree, so it needs to be something from even higher that says here it is, right? And it's a law. All right, we'd love your thoughts. Uh, update: Auburn drops game one of the doubleheader. Kentucky. The final is five to one. They'll be playing again. Game two coming up starting in about. 15 minutes. We'll get to our first break. Then we'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, Yellowhammer, Slack. You'll be the first two when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this uh, overcast Friday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the Wow Business Studio. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and Yellowhammer gets us started. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, well, back to the uh, NIL soap opera. Uh, the thing that really perked up my ears, it was kind of a red flag moment, I guess you could call it. Mm. Was maybe it was a couple of months ago, three months, I don't remember, but it, the announcement was made that uh, Texas A&M was going to pay their offensive lineman $50,000 a piece. And I thought, now wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be where an advertiser finds a player and right. says, hey, it'll be in my commercial? And then here we have, it made, the only way that could be legal in my estimation would be that they went and found business A and said, all right, you're going to pay the left tackle $50,000. And they found another business. You pledged to pay the right guard. $50, well, what, what it turned out, what it turned out and, and, and Jim Jimbo says that the money was, was, was way, way overrated, but the way it can happen is what happened at my, is what happened at Miami where a major booster who owns a company can have the whole offensive line or the whole defensive line as spokespersons for his company and pay them the same now, thing. Now, Yellowhammer said Texas A&M. Now, the story was in Texas. It was it was Texas in December of two thousand twenty in, in, in twenty twenty one uh, that announced that there was a name, image, and likeness group called Horns with Heart. Uh, that was uh, uh, that was going to provide. Uh, there, there were six Texas alumni and supporters uh, with expertise across multiple industries, but didn't actually disclose uh, who was in the group. And they uh, they they had pooled eight hundred thousand dollars a year that would cover uh, fifty thousand dollars each for sixteen scholarship offensive linemen. That was the that was the goal of the foundation right. was to raise was was to raise that money and provide. And, see, and 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 there is there is and I forgot the team. There's a team that has some heavy-duty moving equipment as a sponsor, and they're sponsoring their entire offensive line. Now, I think they're getting like $5,000 right. each, but and, that's a way you can do that. And Horns with Heart, I guess, has a lot of, uh, they, they have a lot of charitable interests, and they're going to use the offensive lineman's name, image, and likeness to promote the charitable interest, hence the... So... Go, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, so uh, theoretically then, uh, I don't know, T-Bone Pickens could... Uh, go ahead and just adopt the entire team. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of what the Miami guy uh, has has done. Not just a section, but a whole the whole darn team. Okay, so um, he passed away in 2019, right? But I know what you mean. I I, I understand okay. what you're saying. T, T Boone's been dead I, for a couple of years, but I know I know what you mean. I, I, I he's uh, I didn't know he had. I'm sorry to hear T Boone. Well, well, that's but you know what's crazy? <laughs> that's the only thing preventing him from doing this. Yeah. Is, is the fact that he would have to do it from beyond the grave because there's, uh, I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. A a, a uh, an eccentric billionaire who really wants to see his team win uh, could absolutely offer a lot of money in exchange for. I mean that that is, and it's not. I mean, we we don't. That's there's not necessarily proof that that's widespread, but that's one of the things that folks that are trying to raise alarm are are concerned that college football could could eventually or college athletics. Uh, could could become uh, without regulation. Well, I have no solution. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. That's pretty much what most coach, uh, coaches are saying. I they, think that's why they have some yeah. ideas, but they but there's always something that's like, uh, but that doesn't 
that wouldn't work for everyone. And maybe some of what spilled over this week publicly is is frustration because of of the you know the, the lack of of you know and any sort of clear guidelines about uh, beyond state law uh, what is and and what isn't allowed. Appreciate it, Yellowhammer. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Slack is up next. Hey Slack, how you doing, Slack? What's up, guys? Good to hear from you. Uh, you brought up a good point. You know, it, it always comes down to when someone beats him. That's the problem. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, NCAA investigates uh, Texas A&M. I'd be. I think that's, that's what that's what Nick wants. Well, uh, no, I don't. I don't know that that's what he wants. I, I don't think. I really think that Nick Saban wants it. It's not going to be the way it was, but he wants there to be limitations because he knows if there are limitations, he still then he has the upper hand. Let me let me run a theory by you, Slack. That I'd I'd love you. No, thought. he doesn't. I, oh. He doesn't. He does have. have well, well, he does because no, he Alabama has more to sell than Texas A and M. If Texas A and M can't but, can't come up but, with the money, but but. It, but what it's boiled down to is you can't give them a charge anymore to get them to come to school out of them. The yeah, charger days, the charger true. days over with. Sure, and no, and, and I'm wondering. So he doesn't have the money that Texas A&M has. No, he doesn't, and, and that's what he'd like to get mm-hmm. evened up. Slack, let me let me ask you, what if, what, I, I asked Bill this off the air, do you think if college football is moving towards a world where 90-something percent of the job is recruiting, and 90-something percent of recruiting is who's got the best offer on, on the trail from, from collectives and things like that. I could see how high-profile coaches would be uneasy with that because how important well, is the job of a head coach if so much of recruiting is being done uh, by, by outside sources talking about financials? You know what I mean? That Maybe what was, that's what, a... What was, the, what was the... Were the rumors about Roy Williams and Coach K? It's like they're not they they don't want to put up with this kind of crap that that it's headed to now. I mean and again, sort of like coach Saban, they had advantages already that have gone away and they're going to have to be out there, you know, buying guys if you will, I, just like just like everybody else. I mean is it I mean maybe slacks onto something in that I mean it's probably not coincidence that A&M happened to beat Alabama last year on the field too. Like I wonder if maybe that has at least a little bit to do with with what's happened uh, this week is that Jimbo Fisher finally became the Nick Saban, the former Nick Saban assistant that that won a game on the field against Nick Saban. Um, well, I Kirby know, did too. I don't. Yeah, and, and then and then Kirby followed right. suit. Um, I don't know if that's the only thing motivating what happened this week. Is is you nah. know some, some Nick Saban anger? No, nah, I mean I, I I think there I think there's some uh, th- those guys aren't the best of friends and haven't been for a while. Uh, and I think Nick likes taking taking shots. He doesn't usually. Name names, the way he did Wednesday night. I also wonder if Nick Saban thinks, as we do, that there are a lot of college football programs. A lot is probably not the way to describe it. There are college football programs in the Power Five, including several that made coaching changes this offseason, Bill, that look at Texas A&M's recruiting class and say, if they can do it, why can't we have the nation's number one recruiting class someday if we have the right resources? If you're LSU, or if well, you're LSU Flo- should be able to Florida, yeah, US, no, USC. Schools, not not just anybody, right? But schools that have shown that they can contend for on the field and recruiting 
titles. You know, schools that have been top ten. Right, and I wonder... And have pushed, you know, or have been top five at some time. Sure, they ought to feel like they can. And I wonder if Nick Saban's looking out there and saying, boy, there could be a lot of Texas A&Ms out there if we're not careful here at Alabama. We need well, to did you this. notice what he said at the... I mean, some of the other things that he was saying up there in Birmingham was he really... And, and he said this since. When he, is, when he has then said he was sorry that he named names, but he has said he doesn't like the way this is going... But if they start losing players, we'll we'll have to see what we have to yep, see. That's what he told Chris Lowe. So, yeah. so that's what he's saying, and that's where we were talking about. Oh, the 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 purses are going to be getting fatter when Alabama fans hear that. Oh, somebody might outspend us for a great player. Sure. I mean, I just I look at uh, you know I, I wonder if because. What Alabama or Georgia has done in recent years, it's you know it's tough to look to, to tell a coach, well they're doing that so so you should do this. But I I wonder if seeing A and M suddenly collect a remarkable recruiting class in the era of NIL has emboldened LSU or you know Florida these these places that maybe think well we we can do what A and M's doing well with, I, with the right with the right resources and the right people in charge you know we can. Maybe yeah, we can't be. I, I we can't be Georgia under Kirby Smart. Maybe we can't be Alabama under Nick Saban. But what's happened in the last nine, twelve months at A and M? You know, maybe if well, we're, you know, I don't know. May, maybe, but but then I would say, and it's funny because yesterday I was sort of taking the other side. But still, A and M was one of the best teams in the country and just outside the playoff in twenty twenty. And Jimbo Fisher has had great recruiting classes before at Florida State. And at Texas A and M, you would caution so, folks against. So thinking. it's not. It's not like it's such because I heard, I've heard some Alabama fans going, "Well, you know they they've only bought the players because they won eight games last year." And that's where I said yesterday, "Yeah, Nick Saban after he went seven and six his first year had the best recruiting class in the country too." If you have a track record of being a great recruiter, then it's not unbelievable to think, "Oh, you could you could have." the best class in the country. Maybe not the best ever, but the best class in the country. But then I can't blame them if those are the rules and they went by the rules. Why should anybody be upset that they did? I think maybe that's what it is. Nick Saban's always been the guy operating there in the gray area and sort of ahead of where the rules are being changed. And this time, somebody else was. Jimbo Fisher got him on the inside yeah. rail. Like, like Rich Strike, right? I got got him. That, I think there's more than a little to that. We'd love for you to join in. Just underway, a quarter of the way done here on the Friday Drive.
Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Terry's next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Billy. Dan, how y'all doing? Doing all right, Terry. Good to hear from you. Good to talk to y'all. Um, you know, I know, I know, and I, Bill, I agree with 100% with what you just said. I think Nick Saban has a great track record as a great recruiter. However, and you guys know there's going to be a however, I've just, I, the two of tongue of Iloa thing just sticks in my craw. Because you do not leave Paradise to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and and I, that kid skipped over top-notch schools to go to Alabama. I just don't buy it. And oh, by the way, his dad got a six-figure job at Mercedes. Yeah, that bothers me. So coaches cannot be held accountable, but but boosters can't either, right? Um. Well, at some places it seems that's the case. Did you that, see that the just, tweet? Was it what? Uh, who was it? I saw this earlier. I've got to find it. It was it was hilarious. It was great. Um. It may – oh, man, I forgot who tweeted it out, but he, he it said a former SEC coach commenting on – said the, the NCAA, uh, if this were Mississippi and Mississippi State, they'd both be under investigation. Well, see, it, it bothers me that the Cam Newton stuff dominated the Alabama airwaves and the southeastern, sometimes the whole country, but that hardly got nothing said about it, and that was more of a deal – Way a big deal. And, 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 oh, by the way, his baby brother did not want to go to the University of Alabama, and it was promised to them. And there was several witnesses I know of that had seen confrontations with him and his father because he'd already promised him to Alabama, and he didn't want to go there. Case in point, he's not there right now, is he? No, and, he, and he's done pretty well since he left. Right. I just, I just can't fit. It's just something that sticks in my craw a little bit. I, 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 can't, I, I don't mean to go on and on about it, but golly, it bugs me. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh... Like yeah, like and and I'm gonna find I'm gonna find that uh, that quote because the quote in the quote it said Greg Sankey is scared of Nick Saban. I mean, and the circumstantial From stuff with SEC I mean, the, the Tua thing was years ago, Bill. But I mean, I do the, the flip side of that, right? The devil's advocate would be Tua wanted to play really really high level high school football and wanted to play and nothing against the kind of high school football being played in the state of Hawaii, but it would make sense if you want your son to be an SEC starting quarterback or to be a quarterback for a a top college football program and be ready to start as a true freshman because that was the other goal remember of of the Tonga Vailoas was was to have Tua start as a true right. freshman it would make sense that you'd want him playing uh, at at high level southeastern high school football so I, I can understand the skepticism of why would anybody move? I don't know. You don't know. You don't know folks' motivations, but I can understand why someone. Well, people want, love people love when they hear it's a business decision. But, but I can I can understand why someone who wanted their son to be a high level quarterback would move to the state of Alabama and have their son play high level high school football in the state of Alabama. And, I mean, and, that, and that is yeah. I mean, I, I can too. Um, maybe. You know, it, maybe it's hard to believe all the way from Hawaii to Alabama, but I mean, no, I, there, there there is something to it, and I I would imagine that Nick Saban's not exaggerating much when he talked about the money that former Alabama players have made in the NFL over the last decade, including. Did you hear that? Oh, right, one point eight billion dollars. Yeah, one point seven billion dollars, something like that, and several 
several first round picks at quarterback, including uh, including Tua, that is including something Tua that uh, is is noticed. Oh, absolutely by, by recruits. I mean, they're they're looking at a stretch. I mean, if if Bryce Young goes in the first round of the NFL draft next year, Bill, and it feels likely, right? I mean, to 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 put it, I mean, to, to put it mildly, it feels likely that he will. That's going to be a stretch of. I mean, Jalen Hurts. I mean, J- Jalen Hurts didn't go in the first round, and he wasn't an Alabama quarterback. No, anymore. but they got three starting NFL quarterbacks. But you would have you would have you would have Tonga Vailoa, Mac Jones, and uh, Bryce Young potentially mm-hmm. uh, starting from from Alabama in a big year for Tua, by the way, in the yeah. NFL. With the, you know they're, they're adding up. That's a that's a trendy team as far as the of the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year in the NFL. That's a trendy team to to take a big leap forward. They brought in an offensive coordinator or brought in a coach people really like. Uh, they've given Tua some impressive weapons, including Tyreek Hill uh, from the Chiefs uh, there in Miami, and it's a it's a do or die year for for Tua Tagovailoa because if they're if they still struggle on offense, if he still struggles, hard to imagine he's still the quarterback in Miami after the season. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. <clears throat> Bill and Dan here in the uh, Wow Business Studio. Did, we'd we'd love for you to join in. Did we mention the? I appreciate the phone call, Terry. Good stuff. Did we mention the? Um, the new basketball game. No, no, no. I had not seen that. Like I said, I was, uh, I was, I was outside a good bit this afternoon and and just catching up on some of my uh, my emails. Right. Just added to the uh, just added to the schedule in the last uh, in in the last few hours. Auburn will host uh, South Florida in the uh, in in the. I think it's the first home game announced for the season. Right. Because Auburn has maybe there's another home game that I'm blanking on, but I believe that's the uh, uh, the first you know concrete date. For a for a game, Auburn is uh, returning a, a home and home uh, series, uh, finalizing uh, the, uh, the the series. Uh, they've already gone to uh, they went to Tampa last year and, and played against South Florida. They will host the uh, the USF. Uh, they'll host the Bulls November eleventh at Neville Arena. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Hootie is up next. Hey Hootie. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Doing, doing all fine. right, Hootie. Good to hear from you. I got a question. Bought all this stuff, paper play and all this stuff. Uh huh. And they keep saying the federal law set the rules. Well, Auburn's in the catbird seat. Y'all How's got Tubby Tumbleville as a damn coach. It's in the Senate now. You know, I was just thinking that we haven't. I I don't know how much Tommy Tuberville has spoken about this subject. I do not in, know in, that you know, I have. Which, I, I can I can't recall him saying which, which is about which is interesting it. for it is. a for a, a senator. You know, who was a high profile college football coach. Uh, and and is now a, a U.S. senator. To uh, uh, I, I would imagine he would have uh, he would have more of a he would have more insight on the subject uh, than than anyone else serving in the U.S. Senate because of his experience hands on in college athletics versus yeah. anyone else. I, I'd be uh, I'd be interested to know you know where he uh, where he'd like to see it go. Well, y'all look it up. Look it up. That's a great idea, idea, Hoodie. Like like I'm not a journalist. Yeah, we might. You know what? We might out reach out to absolutely reach out out to the senator. You know, see if we can uh, see if the phone still works. Get a get a response. The phone number does not. I do know that (laughs) he he has a new phone number now. Uh, You have to go through certain channels, but we'll see if we can do that. Someone at HQ is is listening. So yeah, we'll work we'll work on that. That's a great suggestion, Hoodie. All right, bye bye, guys. Appreciate the call. All right, it was Bruce Feldman. Who tweeted out earlier? What did he say? He tweeted out interesting take from an old Saban assistant on the Jimbo Nick blowup, and I quote: "The irony of it all is the NCAA and the SEC ain't gonna do four-letter blank to them. Ain't gonna do to them. If this was Mississippi State, no miss, they'd be investigating them." 
Sankey ain't going to touch him. Sankey is scared of Nick. That's from a former hmm. old, a former Saban assistant who is no longer coaching to Bruce Feldman earlier today. And that sort of makes me go back to the Jimbo going, just ask him. I mean, it's not the same thing, but what he's saying is they can get away with saying this. Just be, you know, if Lane and Mike Leach were saying it, they'd be under investigation. Yeah, I, I think this is something where both Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are going to be, like you said at the top of the show, very careful about what they say from here on out about the subject. I bet the, the, the conference has made it clear, you know, they, they're going to start, I don't know if they're going to start throwing out fines or start uh, taking a harder harder look at, uh, you know, everything going on in athletic departments at these or, you know, if, the, if these orders aren't followed. But, uh, yeah, this was a... Uh, uh, you know, I, I do wonder, you know, who, who else is going to chime in on the record or off the record about some of the stuff that both Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher said about what's going on in the uh, in in the world of of college football right now. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher certainly seemed to uh, seemed to invite uh, reporters to ask yeah. ask about Nick Saban's past in his uh, uh, in in his in his answer uh, yesterday. So yeah, I think that's that's something else to you know if. Depending on how much this blows over uh, in the next few weeks and months, I, I do mm-hmm. wonder if, if those are those are the sorts of things that may keep the story going. Right? Is if someone else uh, feel, feels like they should uh, they should chime in about uh, one one or both of the participants in this uh, in, in this dust up uh, again? In, uh, in case you know you're, you're flipping it on, you don't uh, you were searching around trying to find any of the ball games from today. Uh, Auburn softball beating Louisiana in their first game in the Clemson Regional four to three. They scored a run. Bree Ellis with her second home of the game, homer of the game in the bottom of the sixth. The uh, difference in the game as Auburn wins four to three. They will take on Clemson tomorrow afternoon in the winners bracket. Uh, meanwhile, Auburn looking to stay in the top four. It looks like, um, yeah, I, I believe with a loss. They are eliminated from any chance of winning the Western Division, but they still very much are uh, trying to stay in the top four and have a first day bye in the SEC tournament. They fall to Kentucky 5-1 to one in game one of a doubleheader. They were postponed last night, and uh, they're, they're just about ready to start game number two. We'll keep you updated on that as we continue here this afternoon. Again, we love your thoughts. Um, if you have any suggestions for how, you know, there could be some way of, you know, keeping uh, the name, image, likeness from getting out of control. It's already out of control. Um, maybe bringing it under control a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we've heard some, some different proposals. Um, you, you mentioned more than, you know, more than a few coaches have said, it needs to not be allowable until players are in school and then sign deals with NIL, you know, for, for their name, image, likeness. You know, um, Nick Saban um, has said, and others have said this too, that collectives should be considered the same as boosters. That Which was the NCAA's position. And if you remember the statement they put out right. last week, that was sort of their guidance, which you know, folks laughed at within the industry or at least told you know, that was that was the, the sort of the, the reaction uh from uh from, from folks you know we heard was uh that there was it wasn't 
considered, you know, as a, all that, all that strong of a response by the NCAA, but they were sort of making it clear, uh, that their rules are clear about what is and, and, and what does and does not constitute a booster for a school and boosters should not be involved in recruiting whatsoever. Texas, which a, is, Texas A&M probably still has more individual millionaires sure. than most schools do. And they go, okay, well, that's fine. It doesn't have to be, I'm not a collective. Right, but if I have if I have a business. If you have a business, right. what's going to prevent you from letting it be known that, hey, anyone that comes to my school, I mean, for example, now he said he's not going to do it, and he was asked about Brian Harson today at his golf tournament, but if Jimmy Rain wanted to, and, I mean, but Jimmy Rain deals with multiple schools and coaches, and he's not just dealing with just Auburn and just Auburn people trying to sell great Southern wood. You're suggesting if, if Jimmy Rain if wanted Jimmy to Rain fund, wanted, yeah. if, you know, if he wanted to uh, say every every Auburn signee is guaranteed would be guaranteed extra money as long as he says, you know, uh, what what what's 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 the tagline? Oh, I couldn't even. Oh, the um, but uh, just like you like it. No, that's not oh, right. Golly, I used to know it by Menon. <laughs> That's not right. No, but I mean, if 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 every player would just you know, anytime they get an opportunity, just throw in his tagline, then that's that's an extra. Then then they'll get so and so per year. He could do that, and there wouldn't be anything that the NCAA could do about it because it would be a deal for their name, image, and likeness promoting his product. Right, and that's sort of. I mean, I, I guess so. That's, that's where collectives. Eh, so you just go to the big. Just go to the. The big dog, the big cat. Do you? But is I guess the question would be: Can you divorce that? Can you divorce that from recruiting? Like even How? If, if, yeah, if you have, I don't see any way you could you could divorce that once it's known. You can't. That's like I, I love it when when I and again I've never been on a jury, but I love it when I'm watching on TV and they say disregard that. Yeah, I just heard it. Unless I'm not well, going, I can't un. Hear you, that you can you sh- I mean you got to remember that it hasn't been properly analyzed by the court as as a true fact and yeah, hasn't been verified sure. by both sides and vetted and everything. Uh, but no, I know what you mean, and that's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if if it's if it's if there, if there's no way to um, you know if, if if there's if there's no way to satisfy what some of these coaches are talking about as far as uh, you know com- completely uh, d- divorcing recruitment from. Uh, from from allowing players to to earn off their name, image, and likeness, and and if so, I mean, I just wonder if you know if if you get back to accepting that it's it's going to be an aspect of recruiting forever, right? Like you you wonder if it's a if if it's a permanent choice that's not going back to the way it used to be, and 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 it becomes you you just have to you know you just have to uh, you know accept that there are there are machinations behind the scenes, and there are po- folks. Uh, you know, helping uh, uh, helping steer recruiting efforts at different schools, and and you hope that your uh, you know your 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 department is uh, is is as ready as as others because, and we've seen it with Auburn. I mean, right? We've seen Auburn win some recruiting battles, lose some recruiting battles in different high profile sports for different high profile players, and uh, you know, it's uh, it, I don't know, it's 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 tough to imagine uh, a, a future where NIL is uh, is 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 not. I'm with you on this, you know, d- divorcing it from recruitment. All right. Uh, we need to get to our need to get to our final break. When we come back, more news from the Transformation Committee 
of the NCAA. More proposals for rules changes. We'll talk about those and more. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Friday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Tommy is next. Hey, Tommy. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Tommy. Hey, I was thinking about something last night. You know, with Alabama been on this run like they have been, you know, I think back in the 70s, coaches turned each other in. But, you know, you'd think as competitive as these guys are, if, if coaches knew that there was, you know, cheating going on and whatnot, that they would turn them in instead of just letting it continue. Well, well, you know, well the, kind of, the kind of thing Nick Saban was talking about, like that that's not really like turn him in sort no, of cheating. It's no. more like it's it's allowed but feels unethical. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, when, that, when he's that, talking about and you know, players players signing NIL deals to pick certain schools. Um right, I, right, I, right. but I see what you mean as far as uh you know, in, in general Hey, let, let's face it. For years, Coach Dye used to talk about yeah. this. There was that unwritten rule of if if you're doing something and I find out about it, I get with you and say, all right, I know what you're doing, and up to a certain point it's okay, and you, underst- you understand that, that we and other people may be doing the same thing. Sort of have that unwritten rule of, all right, there are limits, but there are things you can get away with. Uh, th- th- yeah, this is a little different. This is Nick saying, uh, "Hey, th- this th- this is all. This is going to do is just going to jack up a bidding war everywhere." Maybe nobody wants to throw stones because everyone's in a glass house too. That's also the you know as 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 yeah, Jimbo, as Jimbo, right. as Jimbo as Fisher far as mentioned, turning each other in, as Jimbo right. Fisher mentioned earlier this week. You know, maybe maybe that's part Perhaps. of the reason why there's there's reluctance to to, to blow the whistle on what anybody else is doing. Perhaps, but what Jimbo said was was telling the journalists, I guess, to go ask these coaches, and they'll tell you what's been going on. And so he kind of put it on the journalists to go find out, I guess, dig the dirt up. But I, I guess I just remembered in the past, it seems like some coaches kind of got fed up with that stuff and just said, you know, you know, going to turn you into the office. A, a lot of those that had that had uh, that tried that um, found it very difficult to continue coaching. Yeah, I can understand that. Light yep. bald. Yeah, that's right. All right. Thank you. Hey, appreciate the call, Tom. Yeah, uh, I mean, some that, that's a couple of really good points there. Um, but but yes, this is uh, this is one of those. There was the things that were said didn't quite match because there was the impression that that Nick Saban was saying there was cheating, but he didn't really say that. And then Jimbo was talking about not breaking laws, but that's not what was being talked about either. It's not that it was against the laws. Or, right. or even against the rules, but it was not the intent of the rule. And here's here's one of the major problems I think with the lack of a uniform policy across across the country in in this regard is that if I'm telling if suppose we're competing coaches in different states, right? And if I'm telling my people, if I'm telling my boosters or a collection of my fans or whatever, I'm saying, you know, he's doing stuff that's legal in his state. It's not legal here. That you wouldn't be allowed to do right. here. 
Am I calling you a cheater? No. No. But but am I suggesting there's something? Well, Ill- you're Ill- also Ill- making excuses. But am I but am I su- <laughs> but am I suggesting there's something illegitimate about well, what you're something doing? Something like, that is not fair. Yes. I mean, that's that's the point. And, and it isn't. And it isn't fair. It's adjacent to calling you a cheater. Right. Right. But it's not it's not calling you a right. cheater, but I could understand why you would take it. You're exception. taking advantage. I, I mean like it, I said earlier, Nick Saban was always the one who realized, oh, this isn't against the rules. We'll do this, and then maybe later the rules will change. And if there's a coach who's aware of that, it's Jimbo Fisher. Uh, that's and right. And he, and he went and, he had a long and time with him. Returned, returned fire accordingly. All right, we're halfway done. We'll get to those uh, proposed NCAA changes. Not about NIL, but some really interesting proposals and clarifying some things we talked about earlier this week as well. And, of course, take more of your phone calls in hour number two, which is coming up here on the Friday Drive. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive, Bill, Dan, and Drew. Here for the final hour of the week in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Dot com And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two here on the Friday Drive, an overcast day, but uh, the weather good enough for uh, baseball and softball to the uh, to the northeast of us. Softball uh, winning in their first game of the Clemson Regional as they took on Louisiana, that powerful Louisiana team. But, you know, that Louisiana team that came in with a gaudy record and, and 70-something home runs... Um, had a sub-500 record against Power 5 competition. And Auburn um, adds to that record as the Tigers um, break a tie. Bree Ellis with her 20th home run of the season, her second of the game. And the bottom of the sixth propels Auburn to a 4-3, winner, a 4-3 win over Louisiana. Maddie Penta, the complete game victory. And the Tigers will now take on host Clemson. 
tomorrow afternoon in the winner's bracket. Baseball doubleheader in Lexington after last night's game was waved off because of weather. Uh, the Wildcats take the first of two games, 5-1. Uh, Auburn going to try to bounce back and win uh, the, uh, the second of the two games tonight or uh, maybe have to uh, try to steal one tomorrow. Yeah, they need to win at least one of these last two uh, to, to have a good shot. If they get swept, then they could drop out of the top four in the uh, SEC, which would mean they would have to play day one of the SEC tournament on Tuesday. And that's where that uh, that's where that game being canceled against Alabama becomes all the yeah, more you're important because it could be right. a, it could be marginal the difference between being the four seed and the five seed, just as it could be marginal the difference between being uh, one of the top eight seeds for super regional host uh, uh, play or uh, one of the uh, teams in consideration uh, to be in the mix. So uh, the uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it remains to be seen. You'd love to, and you also don't want to get swept the last weekend of the regular season before conference play starts. You'd like to go in, or conference tournament starts. You'd like to go with a little bit more momentum uh, than that. So, yeah, we'll see if Auburn can uh, bounce back after uh, the loss in the first game of the series against Kentucky. Yeah, game two just getting underway. We'll keep you updated on that as we continue here in hour number two. We also would love you to chime in if you have any thoughts, either on the the back and forth between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, or um, sort of the 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 story that maybe isn't as uh, getting as many headlines from that confrontation, and that's name, image, and likeness. Um, both, even with with all the shots fired over the last day and a half, have expressed the. The feeling that there there needs to be some type of control or some type of controls over name, image, and likeness. Now, today um, we see a uh, some tweets from from Brian Fisher. Who uh, let's see, he I forgot he he writes for somebody, um, but Brian Fisher writing that the NCAA's transformation committee. And infractions committees uh, have proposed some changes, and they're uh, they're they're proposing a re- revamped NCAA Division One enforcement model. And uh, you know, obviously, I think most everyone feels the NCAA just really hasn't had any teeth lately. They 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 have handed out some punishments, but it sure seems like that um, a lot of people just aren't as concerned with the NCAA and wondering how long the NCAA will really be, you know, calling the shots but even, you for know, some schools. I, I don't know. I think, I think so, so many of the scandals, not all of them, it's important to remember, but so many of the scandals involving high-profile college football and college basketball programs in the last 40 or 50 years, Bill, like so many of them were sort of were sort of ways to illicitly allow players to earn money right way i mean it was it right. was in, it was it was a lot a illegal, lot illegal yeah illegal inducements right. or enticements or illegal benefits right and it seems like if you if you legalize the yeah, that that should cut out a lot of the things that they had to be dealing with so here are some of the things that they are looking at potential changes like what's left for them to police right well uh here here according to Brian Fisher um, Who's an Athlon, by the way? That's, that's where you have. Okay, I knew he was, was writer. Players, yeah, right. Um, the head coach would be held responsible for any staff violation without exception. 
banning coaches from the postseason instead of banning teams. I, I, I think that's really interesting. That doesn't penalize the team, but the coach who's involved or the coaches involved would not be able to coach in the postseason. Uh, talking about multi-million dollar fines, having scholarship losses follow coaches. So if a coach does something that results in scholarship reductions and he goes to another school, he's going to have scholarship reductions at that other school. And this one this one seems very petty to me. Penalties for trashing NCAA enforcement in public comments. Which is sort of, I mean... Don't criticize us or we're going to, or, or you're going to, it's going to cost but you. But that's also, that's commonplace in professional sports. Like there's, there's an expectation. Yeah, there's an, and, I, and I think that's probably, at least in, in part, uh, you know, because officials cannot respond in kind. Rather, you know, you wouldn't... I would, if, yeah, I always wish they could. Right, but you wouldn't want that. I wish they would. You know, if... if if an SEC coach thought that a call got blown, and you know he he goes to the right, you know he says, "Hey, this, this referee stinks. He's always been terrible." Even if it's true, if it's true. you can be now penalized you, for that. But here's what that really sucks. But a referee shouldn't be. The referee should also. I mean, we we the should, referee should be brought up there and go, "Okay, this coach, is, we're gonna we're gonna bring the you in front of the media, coach." How did you make that call? Oh, no, I was going to say the referee. Can, what were you looking at? But is the referee allowed to then say, well, that coach has stunk for 20 years. Sure. And, he, and he's never. You, you, you want to. Yeah, you, let, let's. That would create more interest in a lot of sports okay, as far well, as I'm concerned. Well, they're going in a different direction, Bill. They're, yeah. they're going to say, let's. Come let's, on, let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's keep Man, this I, I, turning into pro wrestling. I'd, I'd really, I'd be all for the. I'd be even more interested in post game than. That, that I usually we need, more, we need more Earl Weavers, is more, what you're saying, right? More from Brian Fisher. He said, lots of focus and concern on coaching changes, which would basically eliminate any designation of what is a coach. So you wouldn't have to worry about, are they a graduate assistant? Are they a volunteer? Or are they on the field, off the field, an analyst? Uh, they'd all just be coaches. Uh, and also saying... Um, getting rid of rules regarding hiring individuals who are associated with recruits. So just like we had heard, no limit on coaching staffs. Don't worry about who's on the field, off the field. Uh, one other thing wanted to get to that we talked about earlier, uh, and that is transfer windows. This would be when players can sign that are in the transfer portal for football, there would be two transfer windows, one which would start the last Sunday in November and go through early signing period, which is mid-December, or if the team is in a bowl game, they'd have five games until after their bowl game to be able to sign transfers. So it gives everybody time after they're done playing from November. And then one other signing period in spring which would start April 15th and run through May 1st. So that would be football. For basketball, the transfer window in basketball would begin with a team's last game and would end May 1st. I like that. Yeah, windows, we've talked about, you know, sort of tying it to the end of the spring and fall semesters as like logical times to have uh, a period if, if you want to make it a little bit more orderly and, uh, and also make it, uh, you know, you, you give, uh, you know, if you're still in the portal after that second window closes, 
you know, it, it's you're also, not going to be eligible for the next year. Yeah, I mean, you you know where you know where you stand, and, and everyone else knows where you stand too. Right. I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd have the options that you used to have. You could transfer down a level. Yeah, and you and you could sign. I believe you could sign as a portal. You could sign without immediate eligibility. Right. You right? could you sign could, and sit out. Right. You could sign and, and redshirt a year, and then and then go uh, that route. But uh, no, I think it's. I think it makes the system more more orderly if you, if you can uh, you know if, if you can find ways to to allow signings only in only in these only in these windows. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline, and let's get to the phone. And James is up first. Hey, James. What's going on, guys? Hey, man. Good to hear from you. There's a lot y'all talked about here just recently that I would love to touch on, but I'm only going to touch on two things that really stick out to me that I think need to be changed. All right. One, one will say it's not really a change, but I understand Coach Saban. He's very calculated. Mm-hmm. He does things for a reason. No question. But don't throw rocks at a glass house, especially when your house is made of glass, too, because we all know he's been cheating for years. And that's that's pretty evident. I that, mean, it's that glass not, has been bulletproof for a long time. Yeah, we'll, we'll and the NCAA's yeah, we'll, turned their eyes away from it too, and yeah. it didn't really do anything because there were a couple of cases where they could have hammered them and didn't hammer them yeah, at all. I wonder if that's going. I wonder if that's at least part of the reason why Jimbo Fisher seemed so aghast yesterday. You know, talking to the media was that was it that these these criticisms were coming from uh, Nick Saban. And I like what Jimbo said. I mean, he called. I mean, he basically called Coach Saban a narcissist. I mean, only a narcissist would be calling somebody out. I mean, come on, don't do that. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's yeah, Jimbo, kind of, Jimbo sort of proved he's won by doing it too, though. Right. Which is why. What's why it was great theater yesterday. That's one of the things yeah. we said. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, look, there's there's a reason. That uh, that the professional wrestling attracts a bigger audience on a weekly basis than oh, yeah. boxing. You know, big big boxing <laughs> matches will, will outdraw wrestling, but the storylines. And and I think this is only it's only made the upcoming Alabama Texas A and M game all the more compelling. And I'm hopeful that it can maybe you know you have these these huge figures in college football uh, complaining about the the state of affairs right now. Maybe that spurs some change or some regulation that that makes everybody a little bit happier, but. Absent that, at least you had the confrontation yesterday between uh, between between Jimbo and Nick that uh, I feel like folks are going to remember for quite some time. And I think I think Saban saying something too kind of shows his hand a little bit. If you're a poker player, because he knows that Alabama doesn't have the finances that A and M has. A and M's got money, lots of it. Mm-hmm. And if anybody, you know, I don't know. If, I know y'all remember. Uh, the Florida coach talking about having the $40 million war chest for NIL. Right. If everybody had thought that this wasn't going to head that way years ago when they started this, you were asleep at the wheel because this was going to happen eventually. It's an arms race in the SEC. You're going to get a $40 million war chest. I wouldn't surprise if Texas A&M don't have a $60 million war chest. You know, but, I mean, talking about that, I mean, there's your problem right there, but how you fix it, I don't know how you can go back to fixing it now. Yeah, it's going to be very now. difficult, very difficult. You know, in hindsight, you look at it, and and it really, it really looks to me that the NCAA missed completely when they fought against players being determined and uh, called employees. Because if they were employees, oh, yeah. then you could control everything, and you could pay them. And 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 sure, maybe maybe some smaller schools couldn't, but that would 
um, hey, eventually, let's face it, the Power Five is going to is going to step away. They're they're going to be completely different than the rest of what we now know as Division One. And if players could be employees, then you could pay them whatever rate. And I don't think they'd be upset. And everyone then would at least feel better about, hey, it's above board. They're getting something. They deserve to get something. But we don't have to worry about, is this one going to give them a little bit more than the other one? And, and you Napier, you, you mentioned Florida's war chest. Napier's also, I, I got a quote from him talking earlier in the week. He was, uh, he, he was, um, uh, he, he was at a, a speaking tour engagement at, uh, in Fort Lauderdale uh, earlier this week, Florida head coach Billy Napier. And he said, uh, quote, uh, with abuse will come some controls. Right now we need some leadership. We need some parameters. We need some guidelines. There's no market. There's no comps. Uh, that's the challenge. Uh, there's a gray area in terms of what you can do and what you can't do. A lot of this is to be determined, unquote. So there's Billy Napier, a guy who, you know, was, was leaning into. Uh, NIL and and what it could well, mean for better his program. Be. I mean, right? You'd better be prepared because there aren't rules while, right now. While also lamenting that right, no one's that really sure what's what yeah. you know, what's allowed and what isn't. Yeah, and I agree. And I agree with what y'all said earlier about the refs. The refs have been horrible here lately, and then and we need to be instead of the NCAA doubling down on oh well, if you say something, we'll penalize you. You know, I'm glad I'm not a head coach in the SEC because I'd say something just to piss them off every time, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't care. But the, the refs need to be in front of the media after every game, especially if you make a bad call. You need to be out there. You need to be explaining yourself. Is there a sport at see, any I'm, level where they are? See, here's, here's what I'm, I'm – I don't less, think they are. I'm less interested in hearing individually from the ref because I feel like you're going to hear platitudes and you're going to hear uh, I saw I'd what I saw. I'd rather hear explanations, like my, my real sense. explanations from – from the organization. Right, and, w- and one thing, uh, if you watch uh, the NBA, uh, w- one thing that they, they did during the bubble, and it's carried over, I, I believe, to an extent during NBA broadcasts, is when they go to a review, they're not talking to some guy who used to be a referee who's guessing along with the rest of us. They're talking with a representative from the NBA, from the league office, about what the referees are looking at. And I think my hope is that when... ESPN signs a deal that, you know, a, a, a 360 deal with the SEC and all SEC sports are being offered through the ESPN family of networks. I would hope the relationship is strong enough that when you're looking at a review in a football game or a basketball game uh, in an SEC conference game, I would hope the SEC could have someone from the office talking with the announcers about what the correct call should be and, and you know, by, by the letter of the rule and what they think the referees are considering right now. I think it would clarify uh, some of these things because, I mean, we are... Remember this past year, Bill, how often the rules expert during the oh, replay yeah, would, be wrong. would be way, way <laughs> off about what was about to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it feels like that shouldn't be happening at this day and age in, you know, dur- during sports broadcasts. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, James, great stuff. Thanks Absolutely, for the call. Absolutely, James. Talk to you soon. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the Wild Business Studio. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the Wow Business Studio. Taking your calls, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise, we're we're keeping up the uh, second game of the doubleheader between Auburn and Kentucky is underway. Tigers now 36-17, 15-12 in conference play. And uh, they're underway, no score in game two, we got so wrapped up in uh, in what happened uh, yesterday in the Nick Saban Jimbo Fisher thing. We uh, no, we, we we talked about nothing else. We I, barely well, and, and Auburn picked up a football commitment that we. Morris that we had, Joseph, yeah, you're right. I don't know that. I mean, we we asked, <laughs> we yes, asked Justin, Justin about it. Justin went, oh yeah, so and so five seconds, and we're back to talking about Jimbo and Nick. Right, and we we were talking with we talked with Justin about two. I mean, there were two commitments since the last time we talked to Justin because Craig right. McDonald was also was over the weekend there over the weekend, but Morris Joseph. Uh, the the defensive lineman originally from Texas who is uh, you know is, is transferring from Memphis he is to young. Auburn. He's on his fourth school. He started somewhere, went to junior college, then went to Memphis, and uh, is a graduate transfer. And he adds, I mean, what what is what uh, he, is a defensive lineman? Have you yeah. watched any of his film? Watched any of his video? He's um, he's pretty agile. For he's six two two eighty two seventy five two eighty. Um, played definitely. I mean, he played. Uh, um, the the nose and three technique uh, and and really had a great twenty twenty didn't didn't have quite as good a twenty twenty one but I mean he has ten and a half sacks in his uh, three years at at Memphis so here's for the, an uh, interior guy that's pretty good well and, and Auburn needed to replace Auburn needed a new defensive lineman who had been to a lot of schools because yeah, they that's lost right. they lost, Tony, they lost Fair. Tony Fair they lost Tony Fair who right. was who was going you know on need to have the, you know the guy with all the stickers on so, the suitcase so get ready here's here's the here's the Morris Joseph uh timeline uh he committed to UTSA out of high school class of 2017 played a year in San Antonio uh for the Roadrunners transferred to Iowa Western Community College for the 2018 season mm-hmm. played there in 2018 and then Joined Memphis for the 2019 season. Uh, he has uh, played three years now at Memphis, uh, which would leave him with one year of right. He has a grad Rainer. transfer with one year. I believe. Started yes. nine of uh, although ten. the 2020 season didn't count. But since he redshirted, let's see, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, he might have two years. Maybe he has two years of eligibility uh, because remaining. 20 doesn't count. Remember, right? And he's and he led so Memphis it'd be like 17. He he had Red Memphis shirt, nineteen twenty yeah he had uh he had maybe he has one year left and he can apply for another I, year yeah after, yeah I think after, that's that yeah but we know he has at least for one sure year. he has a year so or else it'd be weird if for Auburn wait to, yeah be, Auburn to take him uh, well I'd be like announcing just transfers that we have that aren't athletes yeah it's like when you it's like when you sign a guy to let him retire in your uh, in no your, it's in your like uniform. like somebody who you know has nothing to do with, oh. with the sport just oh, just, just tried a grad just comes to school he's coming here to go to graduate yeah. school congratulations uh, no so he's uh. He's going to. He was going to be Memphis's most experienced returning defensive lineman had he not gone into the portal. Uh, had 38 tackles last year. Uh, had the uh, had his lone sack uh, in the uh, in, in 
or no, no, the year before he had a lone sack in the bowl game, uh, but had one sack along with 38 tackles, uh, played in 35 games in three seasons as a Memphis Tiger, 19 career starts, nine starts last year. So Auburn getting a guy right. with, uh, with, with quite, quite a bit of playing experience there on the defensive line uh, to, uh, to join the rotation. And as we were saying, I think this was with Jason, where we were saying if Auburn can't find help at the edge necessarily, right. adding defensive line help increases the likelihood that you could see Colby Wooden chip in a little bit right at at the edge. Sure, they could play a, a big defensive end than an edge if they wanted to. You know, if they want to go with a three man front, or you'd see uh, fewer of the four man fronts with two edges, two of the the three. You could still see Derek Call and Ekeliota, but this would give you an opportunity for Colby Wooden to slide outside and go with some larger individuals so, inside. So Morris Joseph's going to be working with, I mean, who, who else is, yeah, he's, is in the mix of Morris he's, Joseph? He's D-line? with um, the more, the interior guys. Auburn's got uh, pretty good depth there with with um, Marcus Harris and Jason Jones, Marquise Burks, Jeffrey Imba, uh, Marquise Robinson back, and Aniche Sledge. So, I mean, that's, that's seven players who are inside. A couple of those guys could move outside, uh, with with Colby Wooden, Zykevius Walker, and Tabichia Coley. So there are 10 players in the interior slash strong defensive end mode. We always forget about Zykevius Walker, don't we? I mean, in the in the mix of oh, all yeah. the guys who you I mean, know could could provide something, uh, you know, and, and there's there's a lot of them, like you said. So that there's good depth there. Yeah, and, and adding Morris Joseph, you know, only, only adds another. Uh, another guy with a lot of college football experience to a uh, to a group mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah there there are a lot of different seems like it's it's versatile too right like if you want to go uh, with with a smaller faster group uh, to, yeah I uh, mean you know, against you've a, got you've got a few of them in the um, you know two seventy five to three hundred range there with with Joseph uh, Marcus Harris Colby Zykevius. You know, and then then over three hundred pounds, you got Marquise Burks and Marquise Robinson and Jason Jones and Jeffrey Imba. Yeah, remember last year in the uh, I think it was the Georgia State game when they talked about how the smaller, faster defensive linemen of Georgia State were, were giving Auburn trouble. Yeah. You know, against the run. I mean, sometimes you can, you know, if you have the option to go like basketball. If you have the option to go small, if you have the option to go big, uh, depending on you know if, if that if, the, if those matchups favor you, uh, you you like to have that ability. And it seems like with Auburn's defensive line, uh, they've got the ability to do a, a couple of different things depending on uh, what, what sort of opponent uh, they're up against. Yeah, and and earlier today, Brian Matthews sort of did a transfer portal update, sort of who's come, who's gone, who is still possible. And Brian didn't um, didn't have anyone who appears to even be on the radar as an edge. So that's where you really needed to add somebody else there up front. Who of the of the defensive linemen that are nominally ends or tackles on your depth chart, Bill? Like who could slide out and provide some aid at the at the edge situationally if if you oh. didn't want you know if you if you didn't want to just go? Uh, well, I'd say Kobe and Marcus Harris yep. both good. I that's mean, I mean, that's where I was good. thinking. Is is Colby for sure? Marcus, everyone else maybe a little too big. You, you think yeah. anyone else? I mean, Marcus uh, still was listed two ninety four. Um, maybe Tabichi. I was I was wondering about a Coley. You know, I like, mean, it'll be interesting to see what he comes back at this fall because spring he was still listed two sixty one, but he looked bigger than that. Maybe there's maybe there's more possibilities. So he may, maybe maybe he's an edge, and especially with Auburn going and adding another defensive and right. another interior guy, you know, maybe that's where 
some some of the aid is mm-hmm. going to come from for uh, for for Eku and for uh, and for Derek on the outside. Yeah, Brian did a, a tracking the transfers uh, today, and 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 yes, when I was interested when I saw defensive line, six players transferred out, two transferring in, and an incoming uh, player in, in Sledge. But they still have plenty of talent there on the defensive front. But Edge, Romello Height was the only transfer out. Doesn't look like there's anyone headed in. Haven't talked too much PGA Championship going on this weekend as well. Low score today. About six under for Bubba Watson. Who's coming on on a little strong. Yeah, we can update that. We'll update baseball and more. And you can join in too in the final half hour of the Friday Drive. The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon, Bill and Dan. Let's see if uh, see if there's been any update on on Auburn baseball. Uh, they they were just underway a little while ago, and let's see. Uh, nope, no score yet. Tell people about the score last night, Bill. The, the one in the oh, SEC, man. the the, the eyebrow raising score in the SEC. T- Tennessee <laughs> has clinched the SEC regular season, and they went to Starkville. You know, everybody's playing Thursday through Saturday. They go to Starkville, and they put up seven, including three homers in the first inning. They had all right. The first, if I'm not mistaken, I think the leadoff batter grounded out. Then they hit back to back to back homers. And it never slowed down. They finished with a school tying seven homers in the game. And they scored 27 runs. They beat Mississippi State 27-2 to last night. And apparently there were some Mississippi State fans tweeting about showing their loyalty. And a picture of the, like, Dozen fans that were still in the stands at the bottom of the ninth. By the way, the starter, the starter who gave up, uh, that you know, he, he, he gave up the the back to back to back jacks. Well, he he finished the inning. I mean, they didn't make a change in that in that uh, seven run eight. He finished. So uh, there there was a pitcher for Mississippi. I'm not going to name the young man because you know doesn't, doesn't deserve rough that. Rough night, man. Uh, that, is, that is bad for the stats. Sixteen earned runs. Bad for the sixteen earned runs in six, well, in six innings. There was there was another game, I believe it. Twenty two hits. Look look this one up. I believe it was Illinois and Iowa. Yesterday playing, playing yesterday in college baseball. Eighteen to seven. No, that's Illinois Penn State. Well, no, maybe it was Iowa and somebody. The thirty to sixteen. Well, let me tell you okay. this. All right. All right, who did they play? Indiana. All right, Indiana and Indiana lost. Right. 
Iowa won 30 to 16. Yeah. Indiana had a 13 to 3 lead. A 13 to 3 lead. You think it's safe? You think it's safe? In the third inning and they lost 30 to 16. They don't score that many points in football in the Big 10. Now, here's here's something I'm curious about. Um Iowa and this could be wrong. I'm looking at ESPN.com's box score here. 30 runs on 23 hits? That can happen when you when the other team starts get. They bring in somebody. They may want to be saving pitchers for the rest of the weekend. They may have pitched somebody who hadn't pitched since, you know, middle school. League. Middle school, middle yeah. League. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, four errors by Indiana, so maybe that's part of it, but yeah. still. 30 runs on 23 hits. You don't see you don't see that you don't see 30-23-1 as the three numbers uh, on, a, no. on, a, on a base on a no, baseball team. You don't see that very often. Uh so uh do do we have a do we have an update for 5-1 was the first game for Auburn and Kentucky. They're, yeah, and and the problem is I uh Let me see what I can do. Yeah, I I don't have the login I'm, I mean, I'm media that top, usually top covers. second, top second in the uh, in, in in Lexington, uh, and uh, no score. Okay, I saw. I knew it was scoreless in the first. Trace had a uh, Trace, Trace Bright with a nine pitch uh, first inning, uh, two strikeouts. Uh, that's good. Uh, Mason Barnett did not have it in game one for Auburn as the uh, uh, the Tigers fell five to one. Barnett only uh, he went three and a third inning, allowed four runs. It was a uh, that. Uh, a run in the first, one in the second, two in the fourth, and then both teams scored one in the sixth. That was all the scoring. Auburn with only four hits in the opening game, and I believe just one extra base hit, and that was Gar- uh, Garrett Farquhar double. Nobody had more than one hit. One hit apiece for Bobby Pierce, Cason Howell, Mason Land, and Garrett Farquhar in game one, which the Tigers dropped five to one. And uh, it's been a it's been a struggle of a year for Kentucky at eleven and seventeen. Now they were one of the teams trying to uh, uh, trying to work their way in to the SEC tournament. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, I didn't I didn't uh, notice really the standings after last night, but um, but we'll see. You know what it looks like. Because Alabama was was in, I think Alabama was eleven. Uh, you've got uh, the top twelve make the tournament. We were somebody had had said the top ten, but no, it's the top twelve that make the uh, make the SEC tournament. And Alabama looked to be in even after that uh, that game was held up. Yeah, Tennessee going into tonight twenty three and five. They're the only team over five hundred in the SEC East. Meanwhile, Arkansas and Texas A&M both 18 and 12, uh, excuse me, 18 and 10. Auburn 15 and 12 and LSU just a half game back of Auburn now at 15 and 13. So that's why it's very important. It looks like, you know, LSU is the only team Auburn has to worry about. Yes, they because everybody else has well, I don't know, Georgia and Florida both have 14 losses along with Vandy. So Auburn, yeah, Auburn needs to win another game. If they win a game, they're 16 and the worst they can be would be 16 and 13. Uh, they would need LSU to lose a game. So the magic number for Auburn over LSU is two. Uh, I think the magic number for them over Florida and Georgia is one. Right. No, that, that checks out. And, uh, it's still too early to have a decent idea of who Auburn's going to play in the SEC tournament next week because a lot, you know, still needs to be settled yeah. this weekend. But we'll know Monday. 
uh, who Auburn is uh, who Auburn set to face off against if Auburn is outside the top four. Right? We'll know Auburn's. Uh, we'll know Auburn is, is going to face the 12 seed if they're the uh, if they're the five seed on the first day. I believe that's the last game. Well, you know what? If they are, if if Auburn were to fall behind LSU, they'd probably open with Alabama. The 12 seed? Yes, Alabama right now is the 12 seed. Oh, so you get your you get that game back. First game in Hoover, yeah. And that and I think the five twelve game is the last game of the day uh, as well. Yeah. So that would I be be, um, I believe so. That, that would yeah. That, there'd be late uh, game Tuesday night. I think folks Hoover. might still stay oh, you if know it's that. if it's Auburn and Alabama. Yep. You know, I I think there might still be some folks, especially if that game might mean something for Auburn in its uh, in its quest it's, for. It's, it's crazy. Did didn't Mississippi State win the national championship last year? Are they are they defending national? Champions? They're the defending national champs. They are your they are your fourteenth team in the SEC right now. They are the worst team in the SEC, and they got beat twenty seven to two last night. Hey, but they won the national championship last year. That's how quickly it could turn around in the SEC in baseball. Yeah, it, was it was Mississippi State and Vanderbilt in the uh, in, in the College World Series last that year. That is That's crazy. Right. That is crazy. I mean, yeah, State is 9-19 and 19 in conference play, and the only team under 500 overall in the SEC. They're 26-28. and 28. It, it's, it's remarkable how but things it, But they got around. their I mean, first national championship they did. ever. Ab- absolutely they did. And, and, it was, and it wasn't as though they came out of nowhere to win it last year. Too. I mean, this year is more of the anomaly than the championship right. year for Mississippi State baseball. I mean, the last time Auburn was in the College World Series in 2019, uh, it was Mississippi State uh, waiting for him in the first game, if you remember, in, uh, in, in Omaha a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is very surprising, uh, n- not the least of which to people in Starkville. How much the baseball team has struggled this year? Yes, they got the championship last year, uh, but no, things are uh, uh, th- things are things are very different this year. And Tennessee uh, illustrated how different things were this year by beating them uh, twenty-seven to two in uh, in Starkville in, in, in the final home series of the year last night. Auburn goes down in the uh, top of the second, scoreless, going to the bottom half uh, in, in a um, not must, but it's pretty close to it. Uh, very important game. That's um, for Auburn baseball. That is on SEC Network Plus. If you got the uh, if, if if you got the the network extension, you can watch that one on on SE, on the ESPN app uh, through uh, through SEC Network Plus. And uh, and yeah, they're uh, they're calling it live, and they're uh, they're in the uh, uh, what would you say bottom bottom of the bottom second? second just finished bottom of the second with uh, with with Auburn and Kentucky uh, in uh, in Lexington. Kentucky's still looking for their first hit. Uh, Auburn's had four uh, Auburn's had four hits uh, through uh, through through two innings, but haven't have been able to cash anybody in. They only had four hits in the first game. That's that's good that they're getting hits, but it's a little frustrating. They've had four hits and unable to score a run in two innings. You'd you'd want to build up something of a nest egg in case Kentucky starts to heat up as well. But no, it's uh, Bobby uh, Howell. Actually, bottom of the lineup, Land and uh, and and uh, Wyatt are 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 guys with uh, with. Yeah, with I knew Wyatt had a hit. So, uh, so yes, we'll keep you. Yeah, we'll we'll keep watching that one as uh, Auburn and Kentucky playing, and the regular season wraps up tomorrow, and so we will know the um, the seeding for the SEC tournament. And again, you know, Auburn Auburn needs to win at least one. We talked about this that to feel really good about having a chance at a national seed. 
I think they they need to win tonight and tomorrow. And they and they may need they, they may have work to do in the tournament, right? I mean, yes. even, even with wins today. Uh, and and the thing is, I think it's very unlikely that you're going to get four national seeds from one conference. And the problem is, both A and M and Arkansas won yesterday, and they're both eighteen and ten in the league. And Tennessee, of course, is going to be. The number one national seed. A and M has come on so strong. They really right? I mean, have. They're they're playing as well. I mean, even with what Tennessee's doing, A and M's probably on the list of teams that have played as well in their last fifteen games as anybody in in all of college baseball. And like you said, yeah, there's six. They're in Oxford, uh, Arkansas, Alabama is the game on SEC Network uh, tonight. Uh, so if you want to uh, if you want to tune into that, uh, they're they're in uh, Tuscaloosa. Uh, the Razorbacks taking on uh, Alabama, and uh, and yeah, the the whole the whole league in action. Uh, Vanderbilt hosting LSU. Uh, that game also on the SEC Network uh, extension. And Auburn, Kentucky playing their second game right now after Kentucky dropped the after after Kentucky won uh, the first one five to one. Yeah, and and Auburn and LSU are are very. I mean, they're very close. The records: Auburn thirty six and seventeen, LSU thirty five and eighteen, Auburn fifteen and twelve in the conference, LSU fifteen and thirteen. Um, so, I mean, those teams really battling there, and and they're battling for the fourth spot right now in the SEC and that first round bye on Tuesday. So. Uh, so yeah, we'll keep an eye. I mean, as as I mentioned, with A and M and Arkansas both eighteen and ten, and and Arkansas's got a chance at forty regular season wins. If they can sweep Alabama, they'll be forty and fourteen. And uh, didn't I guess they canceled a midweek game this week and then had another one uh, that was weathered out. So uh, so those are some of your some of your baseball numbers as we head into the final couple of days of the SEC regular season. We're heading into the final segment. Here on the Friday edition of The Drive, we'll get to our last break of the day. Still time for you to join in, 334-321-1390, as we continue here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment here on this Friday. Bill, Dan with Drew at the controls as we uh, head toward the uh, end of the home stretch, if you will. Yeah, the uh, um, in 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 golf, the uh, PGA. You've got uh, a couple of players at eight under. You were saying what? Not not a ton not a ton of great scores. I haven't really looked at the scorecard here lately. I've been trying to get the uh, the, the baseball up. No, so you've got a uh, you you have a couple of really high scores today. We mentioned uh, that, that uh, Bubba was uh, uh, had had previously jumped into the uh, in, into the top ten. Bubba Watson with a with a six under on today uh, through through the first uh, first half or so of the action. But Pereira and uh, Pereira and Zalatoris are at eight under each. Uh, through, uh, they're, they're almost done with round two. Justin Thomas and uh, Roy McIlroy are both right underneath the uh, leaderboard, right right underneath the uh, top scores on the leaderboard. Thomas six under, uh, McIlroy four under. 
Beyond that, I mean, looking for, I mean, there's there's names that maybe the hardcore golf fans know, but beyond yeah, uh, there's some names Thomas I'm not McElroy. I'm not as familiar with. Matt Kuchar is at three under. He's still yeah. within striking distance. Bubba Watson, like we said, was at uh, was at three under. Uh, he's also uh, pretty close to the uh, to, to the uh, to the lead. But a lot of the a lot of the household names really struggling, uh, and and uh, uh, you know to to even get under par. Tiger Woods. Probably looking at his last day in the field, along with a lot of golfers that are uh, putting up double-digit scores. So, yeah, could be a could be a uh, you know a bit of a war of attrition uh, this weekend in the uh, in, in the PGA. We will see what uh, what happens with the uh, with, with the action this weekend in the uh, second major of the year. Meanwhile, back uh, in Lexington, Tulsa, Oklahoma, by the way, where they're doing it, Southern, Southern Hills Country Club. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, with a solo homer in the uh, bottom of the second. And Auburn batting, Sonny DeShera coming to the plate, and uh, Auburn trailing it one nothing. Offense has been a struggle for the Tigers up here. Auburn's been hitting the ball well um, most of the season and, and been hitting it pretty well down the stretch. But today, it's been a struggle. Just one run through the first 11 innings here of this doubleheader against Kentucky. So, uh, so the Tigers needing to get something going against the uh, lefty on the mound for the Wildcats. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, we're waiting to see what happens. Who's going uh, uh, tomorrow? It's uh, Joseph. Uh, I would yeah, imagine it should be starting. Joseph Gonzalez going tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, and tomorrow's game becomes all the more important if Auburn can't hang on uh, here in the uh, and, and hold off Kentucky in the final uh, in the final innings of the second game of the doubleheader NBA Finals uh, or NBA Western Conference Finals going uh, tonight. Boston tied it up last night in the East uh, with a, a big win in Miami. Now Miami's got to find a way to uh, get home court advantage back, or it uh, could be the Boston Celtics in the uh, in the NBA Finals yet again. Uh, they're taking on the winner of the series between the Warriors and the Mavericks. Unimpressive start for Dallas, uh, blown out in uh, in Game One in Golden State. Warriors looking to go up two nothing. They are heavily favored tonight, eh, relatively. I mean, right around eight points uh, for the. Uh, I mean, maybe it's dropped to seven. Uh, but the Warriors uh, favored tonight at home against the Dallas Mavericks in Game Two of the Western Conference Finals as uh, they look uh, to return to the NBA Finals. It would be the first trip to the Finals for the Warriors since 2019. That was the series they lost to Toronto uh, with uh, Kevin uh, Durant and Klay Thompson both getting hurt in the NBA Finals. Uh, and the uh, Boston Celtics, or well, the, well, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, they, they are in the they are deep in the postseason for the first time since winning the championship in 2011 with Dirk Nowitzki. They hadn't won a playoff series uh, since uh, since they won the championship in 2011. So it had been a while for Dallas, but now they are looking to regroup and maybe put make this one a series. Golden State looked great in uh, in game one. That was a that was a big lead. You know they they, they were up 20 very early in the game against Dallas, and uh, and if the Mavericks play like that, it might not be much of a series between the uh, Mavericks and the Warriors. All right. Uh, knew this was coming. We talked about it yesterday as we get back to what has dominated the conversation the last couple of days. And yesterday, somebody said, wow, has Steve Spurrier Yeah, that was me. Anything? Yeah, where's, where's Spurrier? Yeah, well... He's no longer coaching, so Greg Sankey can tell, can admonish all of his coaches, can tell them, don't you say anything. But you can't keep the old ball coach quiet if he wants to say anything. Today, Steve Spurrier says, I don't know why Jimbo's mad at Saban. Did Nick say something that wasn't true? He said, I don't think Saban told any lies in there, so I don't know what he's mad about. He said, since Jimbo beat him last year, I guess he could talk now. He hadn't beat much of anybody, but he beat Saban last year. 
but they haven't won the division or anything since he's been there. So Nick get Nick, uh, Steve uh, Steve getting getting a shot or two in at the former FSU head coach. You know he he was just waiting for somebody to ask him about those comments on the tirade from uh, Jimbo Fisher yesterday. Sure, and, and as the Dog Nation story points out, you know, Spurrier did just get an award named for Nick Saban uh, in Birmingham uh, at, and, and you know, was, was praised by Nick Saban at the event, so they seem to be on pretty good terms. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know, you, you, you wonder if maybe uh, Spurrier with his Florida ties and Jimbo Fisher having been a Florida State national championship winning head coach, you wonder if maybe Spurrier's got a, uh, you know, he's, he's got a favorite side in this well, one, he, he, he he went on and said, and and I and and again, listen to what he says. Now he goes, "I'm here to say they're the best, not because they win the most. Of course, that's part of it too, but they do it the right way." Now he's not. Now, if you give Steve an opportunity, he'll talk to you about recruiting. But no, he's talking about on the field. He says, "Alabama on the field, they play hard. They play clean. They don't try to hurt their opponents. They don't give the interception chains." They don't do all that other stuff that teams do. Teams like to do now. It seems like, but they play the game the way it should be played. If you beat them, you have to earn it, and that's the way it should be. Sure, and and, and Saban, somebody who, uh, or Spurrier, somebody who's familiar with, uh, with with all the all the characters in this uh, in this drama. And yeah, it was a matter of time before he was going to uh, was going to let loose. Of character, he is one of the great the best, characters yeah. of all time in the SEC. That's uh, that's Steve Spurrier. All right, uh, we're just about out of time here on the Friday edition of the Drive. Auburn, you know, uh, looking to come back from a one nothing deficit as they play there in the third inning at Lexington. Maybe you get some recruiting news this weekend. We'll talk with Brian Maybe. on Monday. But I mean, we've seen. I mean, some of the players we've been talking about have been picking schools. Matt Landers. Do we? I mean, Matt, Matt Landers going Arkansas. to uh, going to Arkansas. Seeming like Ricky Pearsall's. Uh, 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 he's he's looking like a Florida. Uh, right. Commit quite possibly the Arizona State wide receiver. A lot of names out there. Maybe uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see if anyone adds. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you know, Mr. Pep. That's right, Ryan. May well, may Ryan. well be uh, somebody to keep an eye on. Ryan Peppins could be in the mix. Watch out for that one. The uh, Mr. Football from 2011 is in the portal from Utah. Oh yeah. So we'll talk about that and much more with Brian Matthews on Monday. Hope everybody has a great weekend. We are out of here. <laughs>